0: Thanks for joining us today. We're glad to have you with us. My wife, Casey, and I had a chance to get away uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, We we drove through a part of the country that we don't normally go by. We've been through there a few times. But we happened to see a sign on the way going past one of the towns that caught our attention. Uh, The town is Peculiar, Missouri, We've gone by there before, and every time we see that sign, it evokes a response and a conversation that follows. Uh, There's a sign as you go, it says Peculiar Park, one and a half miles. (laughs) I looked up their website. They have a peculiar fire department of great import to me. They have a peculiar police department. Oh man, I mean, it goes on and on and on. I found out that they have a Peculiar family chiropractic. Made me wonder, is it the chiropractic that's peculiar or the family? I didn't know. They have a peculiar barber shop. No, I did not go there. Good grief. Oh, man, really. They also have a peculiar dentistry. I may have tried that out. Uh, you decide. <laughs> well... This was a fun trip to see uh, so many expressions of use of that town. Now, lots of their businesses don't use the town Peculiar or the name of the town in their businesses. But the ones that do, it kind of cracks me up. But I got a weird sense of humor. In our way of thinking, Peculiar uh, today, you think of as maybe a little strange. Um, In fact, the town motto for Peculiar Missouri is this. Where the odds are with you. (laughs) I like it, but it's a little strange. When you look though at the word peculiar, it may surprise you that it has a, a bit of a different definition when you start digging into it. Peculiar is defined as characteristic of only one, or characteristic of a group. It's also characterized as distinctive there's something unique when something is called peculiar now in the text we're going to read today you're going to find that we encounter someone unique someone that no one was like before or since but he also calls us to be a unique people and that's a blessing. You think of Peter as he wrote to a group of believers who had been scattered, um, feeling isolated, alone on many levels. And Paul writes this beautiful letter uh, that went to many of these people to be read as, a, as an encouragement. So today, if you're following along, uh, I'll be reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 4, and I read in Jesus' name. Speaking of Peter, Speaking of Jesus, Peter writes this, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay in Zion a stone, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today, for the wonder of how you move and work through your word. This word you brought into being by your very inspiration of your spirit. And somehow, Lord, you have preserved this truth for us today. And so, Lord, we invite you to come by your Holy Spirit even now. Would you take your word, speak to our hearts, do in us, Lord, what you alone can do. We ask this, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, the cornerstone. That's how Peter describes him. But that was not a, a unique uh, thought of who Christ was, uh, unique at least with Peter. Prophetically, you see in the Old Testament, the psalmist spoke of the cornerstone that God would lay. The prophet Isaiah would talk about one rejected, this cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's, he's also called the living stone. And you're invited to come to him. That's what Peter says to this scattered group of people. Come to him, the living stone. When Isaiah wrote over 700 years before Jesus was born, he wrote prophetically, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. But then Peter and the prophet also say, but he was chosen by God. Chosen and precious to God is the way Peter says it. This is Jesus, the precious cornerstone chosen by God and placed by God with purpose in mind. In verse six, we read it as it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Verse seven goes on to say, now to you who believe this stone is precious. Well, I'm no builder. Uh, This past summer, I had the chance to do some building with one of my neighbors. Oh, I learned so much. And I learned that God makes builders and he didn't make me to be a builder, but he sure did my neighbor, Mike. And I'm grateful for his skills. The cornerstone, I had to do some digging about that because we have a little bit of a different idea of what a cornerstone is in this day and age. I think sometimes we think of a cornerstone as that ornamental piece that's placed in a building uh just to remember when it was built. We have one of those over at Triumph West. I think it says December 2009 <clears throat> and we praise the Lord for his work that allowed that building to be built and it hearkens back to remember when that building was started. But the cornerstone that we're talking about here was a very important stone Strong, so that a a strong foundation could be built from it, but also laid straight. Great, great effort went into the placing of that cornerstone because all the rest of that building would be fitted according to the way that cornerstone was laid out. The cornerstone was straight, strong, immovable, dependable, It's an amazing thing when Peter says that you are called to be a part of a building that God is building, and Christ is the cornerstone, and you are fitted into him. As I was reading this, I thought of Paul's words when he he talked about Christ holding all things together. It's really another picture of what Jesus does how he holds the whole building that God is building called the church held together in Christ but he also holds you together all who put their trust in him Peter says you'll never be disappointed when your trust is in him but he was also a rejected stone a stone that we consider precious and chosen but a stone that some would stumble over, a rejected stone. Peter says that they stumble because they disobey the message. You know, ultimately, that disobedience is to not believe in the one whom God has sent. That's the ultimate disobedience. Have you trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he precious to you? you see him as that precious cornerstone that God has brought set put in place Jesus makes all the difference Christ the cornerstone makes all the difference in your life and in mine we're called to trust him to come to him to obey him secondly who are you in Christ Well, Peter talks about that. Now, the King James Version says it a little differently than the NIV that I read today. Uh, The NIV talks about um, you being a chosen people. The King James, an old translation, says you are a chosen generation. It made me think about the time we're living in time full of challenge and in many ways a peculiar time, uh, not like any other time that most of us have ever experienced. But during this peculiar time, could it be that God is raising up a new generation, a generation of the church to be called of God, used of God, chosen of God, to represent the Lord Jesus Christ in this world. This is how Peter says it in verse nine. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Now, part of me, when I hear that, I go, well, no, that's not me. I need to stop right there. Because while I may be brought up in a, in a place culturally where uh, to say things like that about myself would seem wildly proud and like, who do you think you are? Peter is able to say this because he understands clearly exactly what Christ has accomplished before God when it comes to you. Christ has paid the price. Christ has become your righteousness and my righteousness. When you trust in him, everything changes in terms of the way that God sees you. He says, once you were not a people, but now you are a people. There's something wildly different about you when you come to trust Christ as Savior. It's time to understand that. And to hear what God says to us regarding that. My self-talk often says, ah, Vern, you're not much. You're kind of a mess up on so many levels. It's not what God says. When God looks at me and sees me in Christ Jesus, his word to me is this, because of Christ, you're chosen. You're a royal priesthood. You're part of a holy nation. You are God's special possession. So no matter what anybody else says about you, what God says about you is true. When I was a young believer, I remember uh, out on the small town street, we, uh, we were talking and walking and I remember somebody found out that I had come to know Christ as my savior. And he called me a Jesus freak man, what a compliment. (laughs) The thing is, though, Jesus doesn't make freaks. Jesus makes new people, new creatures in Christ Jesus. I didn't need to listen what that guy was saying. I needed to hear what Jesus is saying. And it's time again for you to hear who you are when you come to trust in Christ Jesus. You are chosen by God. You're a special possession of him. He has created you with amazing purpose. So no matter what you say about yourself, no matter what anybody else says about you, what God says about you is what's most true about you and what you need to hold on to. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Forgiveness from God when we didn't deserve it. That's really the grace of God, the mercy of God. And you are a chosen generation. God has placed you here at this time in our history for special purpose. How will this generation And the next generation be used of God to speak the truth of God and live the truth of God in this world. You know, maybe you feel like you failed sadly. Maybe sometimes you're embarrassed to even call yourself a Christian because of your behavior. It's time to stop. And remember, you are called to come to him, to trust him to understand what Christ did on the cross for you and for me was sufficient, complete for our salvation. Oh, that God would see me used as someone so grateful for the mercy he's poured out on me and that this world would see that an imperfect human being like me could know the love of God and the mercy of God. Do you need his mercy? Do you need his forgiveness? <laughs> he knows that. It's why he invites you and, and me to come to him and find fresh and a new mercy in him. Well, finally, what's he calling you for? We are beginning to understand who you are in Christ, chosen, special, unique. But I want you to listen to verse nine again. And we're going to especially focus on, on part of the second part of that verse. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And listen to this, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, I I want you to listen. This is, again, the old King James version. I had forgotten this uh, until I started reading a little more. And I laughed out loud just in the context of where we'd recently been. But this uh, this is how the old King James says it. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That's what it says, a peculiar people. When the King James Version was translated, peculiar meant one of a kind, a special group of people called to a special purpose. Listen again to what it says. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is such a beautiful image of what is being done through Jesus Christ, that cornerstone. All these different stones, you and I are different in so many ways, but Christ we have in common, our trust we have in common, and he is calling us to special purpose. He is calling us to declare his praises. That's exactly how Peter says it. So how do we do that? Well, I think ultimately it comes to that place of trusting Christ as Savior. It's where it all begins. It is the beginning of new life in Christ. As we come to understand in a new way, a life-changing way, our absolute dependency on Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords as we entrust our lives to him, to trust Jesus to guide us, know that he cares for us, that we are chosen by him and special people. And then as he speaks to us through his word, by the power of his Holy Spirit, to simply live our lives in the day to day, authentically, in front of the people that we live near, light in the darkness. That's what Jesus said that we are like a, a light on a hill, a city on a hill. We're to be seen, but really that Christ be seen in us. How do we declare his praises? By simply pointing others to him, by giving him the glory, the honor, by living our lives as Christ lives in us and through us. We are called out of the darkness and we are called to walk in his glorious light. It's in this calling that he receives the praise that we begin to be transformed people as we spend more and more time in his presence under his influence. In my devotions a week or so ago, I heard the story of a man named Brian Emmett He was a career criminal in the southern part of London. He was a drug smuggler, a gangster. He had a son named Michael who joined the family business at a young age. This father and son worked together as international drug smugglers. They were successful at what they did until one night, they were caught, arrested by a massive police operation, 12 armed officers, 60 regulars, in a small fishing port, where a horde of over four metric tons of cannabis with a street value of 13 million pounds was being landed. At the time, it was the largest known importation of cannabis to the UK. They were both sentenced to 12 and a half years. In 1994, Brian and his son, Michael, heard about a Bible study called Alpha. They were in the Exeter prison and they decided to give it a try. (laughs) They came to trust Christ as their savior. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and their lives were completely transformed. As this father and son continued to serve their sentences, they were regularly transferred from one prison to another. That's common practice in England. But every prison they went to on their arrival, they would introduce the Alpha Bible study and more and more prisoners experienced the love of God for the first time. From those beginnings, Alpha in prison grew. In 2016, the last year they had statistics for this, over 45,000 men and women had done Alpha Bible studies in prisons in dozens of countries around the world. When Michael was interviewed and asked what difference Jesus made, he replied, I was a drug addict for years, entrenched with crime. I looked the part, but inside I was broken. There was a hole inside of me that I tried to fill with things that didn't work. Jesus is real. He did an inside job on me. The change is dramatic, healing, Changing, transforming my mind and my heart. The curse has been broken over my family. That's what Jesus comes to do. Brian and Michael's lives were changed because Jesus set them free from their sin, from their addictions, from the things that were destroying their lives. And after lives of crime and lawlessness, they never went to prison again. Dear one, it's why Jesus came and he calls you to come to him, to trust him, that you might be fitted into the cornerstone to become a part of what God is doing, building a a building of living stones that will be seen in this world and will bring honor and glory to the Lord. You see, in Christ, you're a chosen people a royal priesthood. In Christ, you're a holy nation. You are God's special possession so that you might declare his praises, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, how we need you. Lord, thank you that you are the cornerstone and that you are calling us to come to trust you, to be fitted into that amazing building you're putting together as you draw men and women and children from around the world to be shaped into the body of Christ, the church, that we might tell the world who you are Oh, Jesus, draw the darkness out of us as you draw us out of the darkness. And Lord, cause us to walk in your glorious light. And may the light of Jesus be seen in us that others might come to you and know you. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.